Hello, listeners. Mandy here. Before we get into today's episode, we would love to hear your thoughts about the podcast and what you'd like to see us cover in the future. It will only take a couple of minutes and will really help us out. You can go to worthy.com forward slash survey and you will be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. We've extended the deadline for responses to November 30th, 2023. Thank you so much. And now on to the episode. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy, dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. Consider this. Your diamond ring, bridal set, or other diamond jewelry can be a hidden financial asset that helps you with that fresh start. But selling jewelry can be a nightmare. Worthy offers an easy, headache-free solution by partnering with you to help you sell your jewelry and get the best deal on your piece. Our quick and easy process means less work for you and more money when you sell, all done from the comfort of your home. Visit worthy.com to learn more. For this episode, we're talking about staying together for the kids. Is it a good idea? Or is it a really terrible idea? I had many conversations over the years with people in the process of deciding whether to end their marriage. And one aspect we always talk about is that knowing you want to or need to end your relationship is only one part of the equation. The next is when. Realizing that this is a separate decision and putting thought and intention into that can help you be more prepared to transition to your next phrase. And if you are more prepared, then your kids will be more prepared also. Deciding on the when can be complex and it means considering many factors. And to help us grapple with this, I'm happy to introduce you today to my guest, Kate Anthony. Kate is a divorce coach. She's also the host of a podcast, The Divorce Survival Guide, and the author of The D Word, Making the Ultimate Decision About Your Marriage, Welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for having me, Mandy. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm excited to have this conversation with you because it's a fascinating one. As I was preparing for this, I was thinking like you hear about people staying together for the sake of the kids. When you look at it as a question of timing, it becomes so much more nuanced. Yes, I think that's a really good point. And I want to sort of preface all of this with it really does depend on, I think, the why right as well because if you are in a marriage that is severely toxic harmful abusive then leaving for the children frankly the sooner the better right if you're just like i can't this isn't what i want and you feel like you know maybe staying a little bit longer if you've got teenagers and you know they're going to be out of the house in a couple of years like okay that's a different that's a different discussion. So I think the why also factors into this. Yeah. And that ties into one of the questions I was going to ask is, I think in that decision, it's like trying to look at, if I stay in this relationship, can I stay emotionally healthy? That's right. That's right. And the most important thing is for you to ask yourself what you're modeling to your children. 
what are they learning about relationships from their home life, from your relationship? Because we all get our relationship blueprint from the relationships that are modeled to us. And usually those are from our primary caregivers. And, you know, if we look at the patterns and the cycles, if you look at your life, right, and the marriage that you're in, and then you look perhaps at your parents or your grandparents or even further back than that, you might see some patterns emerging. And if that is the case, then know for sure that is what will happen for your children as well. And if you don't want this for your kids, then probably getting out sooner would be better. And also remember that they pick up on everything. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, when you talk about embalming for your kids, that's not, you know, there are some things you're not going to verbalize to them. That's right. It's not necessarily overt. No, you, you know, we try and if you're being mature, you you don't tell them everything that your spouse does wrong. You mm-hmm. want to present kind of a united front, but the kids often see the chinks in that. Of course. I mean, how many people do you know who are like, I mean, my kids, my, my parents put on a good front, but man, they were so miserable. <laughs> you could tell they hated each other or you know any number of things, right? I mean, right. this is not, doesn't have to be overt. And it's, you know, if you are not in a, a healthy, loving relationship, staying for your kids is, to me, it's counterproductive because what it's doing is teaching your kids, you know, that, that they don't have to be happy in relationships, that, right? This is, this is normal. That longevity or duration outweighs quality. That's right. That's straight, right? At least they stayed together. Yeah. You know, they were miserable. (laughs) They hated each other, but hey, they stayed together. And it's just, it's so sad when I see that. Right. And also I see, you know, God, this is, this is it, right? This is, we get one, we got one trip through this. And do you want, really want that for yourself, let alone your kids? You know, do you really want to be miserable in your everyday life? In your experience, what have you found to be, if I'm working on the basis of it's a question of a timing question, rather yeah. do yeah. people like stay together and in the back of their minds, they've got a date when they know that they want to get out. But what are the most common reasons for delaying the end of the marriage? Well, I think it depends if we're talking like a short-term delay or a long-term delay. January is divorce month for a reason. <laughs> And, you know, it's because people wait until I think I think there are two reasons that January is divorce month. One is that people know that they're going to do it, but they're like, all right, let me just get through the holidays. And we don't want to we don't want to ruin this for the children. And then the other reason is, as in this is the case for me, you know, we're going through one more holidays and I cannot stand it. Holidays are such a marker, right, of misery. Like, wow, I did it again. I did it again. Here we are, another year. I've been having this conversation with myself for the last 10 years, and here's a marker of another year gone by, and I'm done. I can't do it anymore. And so in terms of like short-term delays, I think it's about timing in terms of holidays. or And what I say to my clients all the time is there's always going to be something. 
Oh, yes. Right? There's yes. always going to be a summer vacation. Time. Never. There's going to be a summer vacation planned. There's going to be a cruise. There's going to be a birthday. There's going to be a holiday. There's always going to be something. And at a certain point, it doesn't matter anymore. At a certain point, you just have to say, you know what? Maybe it's not refundable. Maybe it is refundable. Maybe, you know, sure, you're not going to drop the bomb, you know, on your daughter's 16th birthday. But at a certain point, it just has to happen. So those are short term delays, right, that might occur throughout a year. But but a number of people will notice that these short term delays do end up in a long term <laughs> to like, you know, years and years. To right? your point that there's always something. Uh-huh. Right. And then the other thing I think for a long, you know, long term is like waiting for the kids to grow up, waiting for the kids to go to college, waiting for the kids to be out of the house, waiting for the kids to be through something. Our job and maybe not need the financial support or. Yeah. And I, you know, and listen, I have clients who have adult kids in grad school, you know, living at home. And that was a reason for a very long time that, you know, they, but at a certain point, I have one client who will say she's sort of the the cautionary tale. She will often tell newer people to this. I've been working with her for a number of years and she says, let my story kind of be the warning, right? Because I waited and I waited and I waited and I waited. And now the damage was done with her adult children. They're all in some form of therapy. They're dealing with trauma. And her marriage was very abusive, but she was she was waiting and waiting and waiting. And she waited too long. And the guilt is overwhelming and crushing to her for what she ended up putting her children through by waiting. And, you know, again, that relationship was very abusive, very toxic. And, you know, and that's why, you know, when they say like, you know, why does she why does she stay? You know, because it's terrifying to leave an abusive relationship. It's really and, and potentially dangerous, right? And so, you know, there's all there's all those factors, but I think the long-term waiting, the waiting until the children are older, I think if you think about it, you know, your kids go away to college and then you're going to get divorced and then they come home and they don't have their home, they don't know where they're going. You know, there's again, there's never a good time. <laughs> it's never there's never a perfect time. Well, I was going to ask you about the impact on the kids because mm-hmm. I Remember years ago, I interviewed somebody for my blog who they had stayed together for their kids. And then when they did eventually end their marriage, the kid's reaction was, oh my God, you've been lying to us all these years. Right. That family vacation we took that was, uh, you know, we remember as this happy family time. Is that a fantasy now? Yeah. And it really, it challenges all those. I mean, it, it is hard for the kids. They then have to rethink it. I mean, it's it doesn't mean that the the vacation wasn't happy, but it shifts things and it mean and then the kids have to adjust to a different perspective on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's really I mean, look, I think there are there are conversations to have around that to say, no, that's not true. It wasn't all a lie. It wasn't all a sham, right? You wanna, you know, that 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 these things are not black and white that we didn't just hate each other the whole time. Obviously there was love or what you know, whatever. But I do think that the children, there is some of that, like, was this all a lie or was this a sham or, I'm uh, gosh, I mean, there's so many things that children, the stories that they make up, right? 
And so it's important to have as I think as with older kids in particular and as honest a conversation as possible. I mean, I know older kids who have been like, what took you so long? <laughs> you yes. know, yeah. I know older they kids can, who are they, they can see what's going on and they of course. like and they know they're starting to experiment with their own intimate relationships and partnerships and that and they right. hear what their friends are doing and that. So there's like, oh, my God, why are you staying? Right. That's right. You go to other parents' houses and there's a very different dynamic and a very different vibe in the household, right? Kids pick up on energy more than, you know, adults. And so it becomes very, it's confusing to them when they're living in something that is clearly not healthy or happy. And nobody's, you know, the worst thing that you can do for your children is have them be in an, an environment in which there's toxicity, unhappiness, they can sense that there's something wrong and nobody's talking about it because it teaches that it's, you're gaslighting your kids, right? You're teaching them that their perception of reality is wrong. Yeah. Right. They start to doubt themselves. They're like, well, it feels like my parents hate each other or it feels like there's something weird going on in this house, but no one is naming it and no one's talking about it. And if I bring it up, everyone's like all Pollyanna about it. No, 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 no. Everything's fine. Don't, you know, then they start to doubt their own perception of reality. And that is the definition of gaslighting. Right. And so is that like, none of, we don't want that for our kids. And we think we're doing the best by our kids when actually we can be doing some serious damage. That is such a, a a really important point in this conversation. Uh, Kate, we need to take a short break here, but yep. I have lots more questions for you. Right. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We'll be right back. Do stay tuned for more conversations about staying together for the sake of your children. Before we get back to this week's episode, I want to remind you to visit worthy.com forward slash survey and answer a few questions about the podcast in order to be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. We greatly appreciate your feedback. Now, back to the episode. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about staying together for the sake of the kids. My guest today is Kate Anthony. Kate is a divorce coach, and she's also the host of the podcast, The Divorce Survival Guide, and the author of The D Word, Making the Ultimate Decision About Your Marriage. Kate, before we go back to my questions, I saw on your website that you offer subscribers some curated episodes of your podcast selected mm -hmm. for that particular situation, which I thought was really helpful. Can you share a little bit more about, about that and how people would sign up for that? Absolutely. So, you know, as podcasts go on, you realize you cover so many topics. And because I really straddle the worlds of should I stay or should I go, helping people make that ultimate decision, and then also helping people as a divorce coach through their marriages, right? There's, I think there are some episodes that apply to people who are still trying to make the decision. There are some episodes that apply to people who are on the other side of the decision and going through the process. There are people who are 
I talk a lot about abuse and emotional abuse and all sorts of forms of domestic violence and coercive control. And so there are people who are dealing with that. There are people who are not (laughs) dealing with that. And so I I have a just a quick sort of I think it's like a three or four question assessment that you can take and then just be given a short list of episodes that are relevant to what you're going through. And so I have that on my website, kateanthony.com. I think I have a page for it, kateanthony.com slash playlist. So you can just answer a few questions and then just get a quick little document that says, you know, with links to episodes that I think are best for your circumstance. Well, that's awesome. And I will make sure that we put your the, the link to that page in our show notes. So listeners yep. will have a, an easy reference to that. Yeah, thank you. Um, I wanted to jump back and ask you for your thoughts on a situation where sometimes I've heard people say that that they feel like they would end their marriage, but they can't bear being apart from their children because they know that they would have to share parenting with the other person. And it's not because the other person is a bad parent or that they feel that the kids are at risk from drug and alcohol abuse or their parenting skills. It's just that they say that they can't can't imagine not being with their kids every single day. Yeah. I have I have thoughts on that. <laughs> I kinda knew you would. <laughs> I have I have a chapter in my book about it. My book, by the way, is not is on pre-sale right now. It won't be out until the end of December. But my first instinct on that is, well, first of all, is I get it. I get it. I mean, I remember when my I sent my son to preschool for the first time and was like, oh, my God, this is the first time other people have input. This is like, you know, everything that my son had learned up until that point had been from me, (laughs) you know, because I had been a stay at home mom at that time. And so it was like, you know, if you think about it, like like a USB port, right? Like I was the only one. And then I was taking mine out and putting in someone else's and like, um, I didn't, I didn't, I got, didn't get to approve these messages. I didn't get that right. Like, oh my God, it was terrifying. So there is that piece of it that I understand, right? That I, I really do understand. And then there, the other piece of it is, and some people may find this hard to hear, but I think that if your children are your life, and you can't imagine being apart from them for a couple of days at a time, then we have some work to do on your sense of self. And I don't say that judgmentally. I say that lovingly because as women, we are programmed, we are designed we, from, from a very small age to, I mean, you know, I don't know if everyone's seen the Barbie movie, the first scene in the Barbie movie, right? All of our dolls were babies. <laughs> so we're groomed from a very young age to be mothers to babies and that this is our identity. But when we lose our identity in marriage and motherhood, which is very easy to do, it's easy to do from a, you know, just a natural instinct perspective. It's also really easy to do from a cultural perspective. Again, like everything is designed to kind of funnel us into that role. And that is not who we are. It is part of who we are, but it is not the totality of who we are. And it's incredibly important to look at your fear and your, you know, your terror, your 
fear, all of that from the perspective of, okay, is this because my identity is so completely wrapped up <laughs> with my in my child that like literally I don't know who I am if I'm not a mother? Or is it that there is something dangerous, there's a fear, there's, you know, any of those things? But if it's really a, an identity issue, I, the good news is we can work with that. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and taking the time apart from your children to dive into yourself. Use that time wisely. Don't be sitting around eating ice cream and crying into your, you know, uh, into your Netflix. Like, yes, sure. Maybe do that for one night and then re-explore yourself. Who are you outside of a wife and mother? You know, what are your hobbies? What what hobbies might you have now that you would not have had when you were younger? Right. I find a, a lot of people do like go back to things that they did as teenagers, mm -hmm. but maybe the their spouse didn't enjoy doing. So maybe they rediscover a, a joy of hiking or playing cards or playing music or or something. That, That's right. Um, that they now have time to do that. That's right. The time the time can be a gift. It can be very hard. It can be heart wrenching and all of those things. But it it can also be a gift. Right. And, and from a practical standpoint, I often do like to point out the, you know, the, while the other parent has parenting time, it's not always black and white like, like, like that. In my own case, my daughter did gymnastics. She was uh, right. four nights a week and my son was doing activities too. There was just simply no way that I could manage all the transportation on my own. So when it was my parenting time, their father was still involved mm -hmm. with pick up and drop off. So the kids actually did get to see him for some time, almost every day. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good point. That 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 if you have a collaborative co-parent, there's all sorts of fluidity in there. And we still like volunteering for, for field trips and being involved mm -hmm. in school. And yeah. yeah. So there are still opportunities to be involved and to see your child. So I want to be mindful. I want to get get in this question because before we yeah. run out of time. So sure. the, the next area that I want to talk about is like for some people, they didn't have this conversation about staying married together for the sake of the kids together. And they make this uh -huh. mature arrangement yes. and they agree to live separately under the same roof. Yes. Um, essentially, they go through this whole like a parenting plan discussion together, but that's that's pretty rare. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's very rare. If you can do that. I mean, look, it depends on, right? It's like, okay, if you guys are going to have a complete in-home separation where you have parenting time, you're probably sleeping in separate bedrooms. Again, <laughs> what are we modeling to our children about what marriage looks like? You know, if we think we're trying to hide something and get one over on them, like, no, we're not. And you're kind of hindering your ability to move forward and to date or have a, you know, have a new romantic life, all of those things. Right. And look, if you can do that and if it works, if there's a reason for it that works, if look, I, I know that when you, if there are kids with special needs, like 100 yeah. percent. Right. We need yeah. both hands on deck. We're going to figure this out. That's a um, point to make. Yeah. And if and there are financial reasons, there's disability. Look, in the U.S., we've got health care is an absolute nightmare. So, yeah, sometimes it does make sense to stay 
for access to health care, for disability reasons, for kids with special needs, all of those things. And if you can work that out, I think it's it's brilliant. And also the house, you know, cost of housing these days. I mean, again, there are lots of reasons to do this. If it is safe to do it, it needs to be, I would say, work out a formal separation agreement and parenting plan with uh, whether it's with a mediator or, you know, just at the kitchen table. I think it it would go a long way. And then also having annual check-ins. Is this working? Is this not working? Or even every six months, like what's working, what's not working, what's working for you, what's not working for you? And I do willing have to have that hear. conversation about potential dating and new intimate partners. If it, I mean, if you really, if you talking about yeah. it openly, so absolutely, uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, what if you can't have that conversation with your spouse? And you've made this decision, I'm going to stay in the marriage until my kids, for mm-hmm. example, my youngest graduates from high school. Yeah. Kind of you've made that decision solo. And yeah. That's what you want. That That's kind of a, a stressful burden to carry. It can be. I think the amazing feminist writer Zahn, uh, Zahn Valines talks about this. She talks about quiet quitting your marriage, right? We just take a step back emotionally. It's a matter, I believe, of managing your own personal, your own expectations, right? Are you able to truly detach from expectations, from needing things and wanting things from your spouse? Can you be more independent? Can you detach with love and not be angry and resentful and bitter in the home and just know, okay, these are the limits this is what they're capable of. This is what I'm capable of. And allow that space in between to be kind and and loving. Okay. Most people are not able to do that. <laughs> you know? I'm remembering somebody I talked to again years ago for my blog, and she knew she ended, needed to end her marriage, but she had been a stay-at-home mom. So she had created a plan for how she could get back to work. Yes, and so it was a gradual part-time and then into full-time and kind of she felt that going through divorce, having the conversation with her husband about spousal support would be horrific. And she really felt that she needed to be in a position where she could financially support herself. Yep, and that right. was why she decided to delay the end of the marriage. But it, mm-hmm. that she used that time to, to develop her career so she could be financially self-supporting. Right. Very smart. Very smart. Again, there's a lot of reasons that people would do something like this and that becoming financially independent is, I think, one of the top reasons. Right. So using that time while you're quiet quitting, while you're stepping back from the marriage to maybe go back to school, take some classes, start working again, all of those things, start your own savings account. You're not hiding marital assets, right? These are this is money that you will still have to declare. They're still marital assets. You will still have to disclose it. But if you have any fear that you won't have access to money, having your own account in your own name might be uh, beneficial. And I think having that big picture goal Mm -hmm. is like in those moments of frustration, which will be inevitable. You can remind yourself, this is my goal. 
this That's is right. why I'm doing this. And it I have a plan. helps to tamper the the knee-jerk reactions. That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. If you know in your mind, like, all right, just suck it up, buttercup. We got this. There's a <laughs> right? Because there's a difference between the anger and frustration when you're trying to get something from someone and the anger and frustration that when you're no longer trying to get it from them and you're like, all right, uh, this is just what I have to deal with in the short term, right? But when it's like your life and it's the long term, I think it's it's you're far more likely to get more upset about it. So I kind of remember when my husband and I were in the process of separating and we knew it was happening, but it was just, I was waiting for him to move out. And when he did something that irritated me, I would just, I, I kept a list and it was called things I don't have to deal with when we're divorced. And, yes. and I would just add it to the list and somehow adding it to the list, got it off my chest. And it uh-huh. meant that I wasn't continually on him or moaning about things that would stop soon. Right. And, you know, the flip side of that is there is this danger zone where once you, as my ex-husband said, like we take the emotional, the, the pressure of trying to get each other, our emotional needs met from each other. There is that period when you first say that you want to get divorced and then you're trying to go through the separation where you start getting along better than ever. And then you start going, oh, wait a minute. Is this, am I making a mistake? What's going on? How we can, okay. So apparently we can do this. Apparently we can get along and don't fall into that trap. The reason you're getting along is because you're getting divorced. (laughs) Right. And you're able to, you're not sweating the small stuff anymore because you know, like this is going to end soon. Right. right? But a lot of people go, wait a minute. (laughs) We're getting along so well now. What happened? And, and Kate, that's a really, great point we're kind of out of time and i think yes yeah a really a great message to end our conversation on great thank you so much for having me mandy appreciate it thank you this is my guest today was kate anthony she's the host of the podcast divorce survival guide and a divorce coach who helps women with the decision to stay or go She's also the author of The D Word, Making the Ultimate Decision About Your Marriage, which is coming out in December. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to help you get the best deal possible on your diamond jewelry. Visit worthy.com to learn more and get started. If you have questions about an episode, compliments you'd like to share, or would like to be a guest, please email us at podcast at worthy.com. Follow the podcast at We Are So Worthy on Instagram or see our Facebook page, Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, for information about the show. Please see our show notes at worthy.com forward slash podcast for resources and more information about today's episode and guest. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. You can learn more about me at mandywalker.com. Huge thank yous to Worthy's production team. Listen, follow, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Our next episode will be live in two weeks, so stay tuned. Stay tuned.